Hello, I'm Michael. And I'm Steph. And this is the Chef Campers podcast. Join us for the next 60 minutes as we discuss camper van cooking adventures. Hi, Steph. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. I think we've just woke up Rupert, haven't we? He was yeah, sleeping. Yeah. He's a bit tired. He's a bit tired because we've had a good week, haven't we? Had a good week. It was. It's Monday today, and we were going to record this podcast kind of last Thursday, but we started partying a little bit, didn't we, with Jed? <laughs> we've been busy. We have been busy. So we're now back in Sussex. We're at Camper Van Cultures Hangar and uh, we're going to be helping out with Jed and Louise and Isaac and everybody to help Camper Van Culture do what it does, which is nice. It's nice to be there. For those of you who don't know Camper Van Culture, they um, supply parts, overland expedition equipment for people like us who like to go on adventures. So a cool web shop and it's got a cool vibe and very well known for their travel videos too. So it's uh, it's good to be there, isn't it? It is. And we've been enjoying what Sussex has to offer. We've been going to the pubs. The Royal Oak. The mighty Royal Oak. The, the po- Royal Oak. The Royal Oak. Probably one of my favourite pubs in the country, actually. Yeah. It's got everything. Ticks all the boxes. Very eccentric. Very <laughs> old-fashioned. We love it. And if anybody comes to yeah. Camp Event Culture on a Friday, there's a good chance you'll you go down there that. with us. And some great butchers as well in Sussex. South Downs Butchery, my new favourite butchers. Three young lads who started up last November and doing a cracking job. Love it. Uh, we've gone we to. We went to the Seven Sisters last weekend. We did. That was really pretty. Very pretty, the Seven Sisters. One of one of the UK's best attractions, I think. Nice walks yeah, along it's a there. Good walk. We did, and we've done lots of camping as well. Yep, um, we went to the Long Man of Wilmington, a little area by there, and stayed over. Yeah. That was nice. It was good. It was good. We've had a good time. Yeah. It's we should really say that we're not actually from Sussex or down south, as you might be able to tell from our accents. We're from like the northwest, Chester, Ellesmere Port, that sort of way. Uh, near the Wirral. We our house was on the Wirral, New Brighton, yeah. just opposite Liverpool. So um for us, being in Sussex, it's a new part of the world for us, so we get to discover it. It's like we're travelling, it's it's brilliant. But it is, it is a long way from home, six hours yeah. drive away if we want to go back to friends and family. So we're not technically with our friends or family, we're still kind of away. But um, it's great, we're working, it's good fun. Right, this week we are, we usually talk in uh, in the language of where we're going. And do you know what, Steph? What? I've deliberately spoken English. English. Why is that? Because we are going... I think you need to speak up, I can't hear. We're going to Alicante. That's it, Alicante. And you don't really need to speak too much Spanish in Alicante because there's lots of English people there. But it seems quite an unusual place for us to go, being chef campers. We're about food and culture and adventure. But we discovered a lot about Alicante. But before we do that, let's check out some fun facts. So what have you got? Okay, so over... 115,000 tonnes of rice is produced in Alicante every year. How many tonnes? 115,000. 115,000 tonnes, that's 115,000 loads in the Amarok, backwards and forwards, of rice. That's quite a lot, isn't it? It's loads. Do you think that's all the paella rice? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? What else do we know about the region? Okay, 
one of your favourite places, I have to say the B word, which is Benidorm, in 1950, that was the first tourist resort to accept bikinis on the beach. I can't believe you brought up Benidorm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go, I could do a whole podcast on Benidorm. <laughs> and this isn't going to be a podcast about Benidorm, but what I will say is that me and my good friend Lee have declared that we shall never, ever, ever return to Benidorm. And uh, we both have horrible memories of the place. We had to go there on a John Stag do. We spoke about John last <laughs> week. Yeah, the, this is the sort of thing John would do. Drag us to Benidorm for a stag do. I had to leave Norway, Scandinavia, all the peaceful mountains, the rocks, the wonderful lakes, the fjords, a, a sense of peace and well-being within to transport into Benidorm for a stag do. And it wasn't just because it was the stag do. We ended up getting stuck there for five extra days because of a, a passport, which I can't really talk too much about. <laughs> <laughs> can't say it's not my passport but someone's passport went missing um and uh <laughs> we ended up getting stuck there for five days and we just hated the place uh because of it. it we went i think we i don't know i can't say i can't yeah. say ask me around a campfire what happened and uh i'll tell you the full story about benidorm anyway i'm only going back to benidorm for my funeral, my own funeral. So my friend Lee has to go there because he said he's never going to go back. But if I die before him, I, I might have my funeral there, so he has to go. But then he said he'll go in on boat, so I don't, I don't want it to backfire for everybody else. Anyway, right, let's move anyway, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had, I heard another fact and rumor about Alicante. Go on then. Uh, it was given the name Costa Brava by the European British Airlines Tourist Board Committee to give it a bit of a a flair in the 50s <laughs> and it was you know it's not called the costa blanca region it was a it was a made-up name i believe they made it up yeah so given that we're kind of we're kind of talking quite negatively about alicante uh we need to be quite careful because actually uh it surprised us there was a reason why we weren't there so we went to alicante because funnily enough lee's um his mom lives there. his well she doesn't well, live, they there. Don't live there they've got a holiday villa not within Alicante area. And uh, we've been a few times. We always join it with like Lee and his yeah. family. We like going out to see them when they're there. And uh, Lee couldn't go, but his mum was there and his mum invited yeah. us over. So I said, what's better than being there with Lee, being there with Lee's mum and sending pictures of us having fun with his mum whilst he was busy working. So we went there, didn't we? Uh, we went to Lee's, Lee's mum's. Lee's mums. Ange. Ange. Ange's villa. Ange was with Colette. Yeah. Also, Lee's auntie. Lee's auntie. Uh, who I, I called a shot girl. <laughs> she hasn't drank in about 20 years, I think. I don't think Lee's ever had a drink with his auntie. And he's Lee's likes to have a drink. And his family like to have a party together. But Colette was all... Auntie Colette was never someone who ever, 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 ever had a drink. But somehow... <laughs> you got so, involved. Somehow I managed to... I didn't. I, I'm not going to say I forced her. I'm not going to say I made her. But she seemed to want to have a drink with me, <laughs> and it might have something to do with the fact that we played boozy bingo, <laughs> where I turned a bingo game into a drinking game. I remember wearing lots of different props. A bib. A bib. I remember you wearing lots of different. Like lots of different hats you had, on top of each other. And every time we won a, a, a line or a house, we'd have to do a <laughs> shop, and shop boozy bingo. It was good. 
Boozy bingo. It's exactly how we did it. <laughs> we did. Um, I'm conscious that we've spoken about speaking English, uh, playing bingo, drinking out there. We've really got into the swing. Uh, Benidorm. That is the Benidorm. We've spirit. gone into the swing of it. But do you know what? That was my misconception of the place too. And uh, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of that in that region in Alicante. But there are some good reasons to go there. And I think uh, one of those reasons is that they are geared up for the UK tourist uh, market. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the English roast on a Sunday and the full English breakfast in the morning. I'm talking about the fact that they'll put a lot of emphasis on the Spanish culture at kind of food stands. And you can go to like markets in the evening, can't you? Nighttime yeah. markets. We went to a couple of markets. Yeah. They were nice. And that was that was great. We yeah. went to a market on a Sunday and you could buy the wine by the barrel. They had loads of food stands selling traditional Spanish food. And there was kind of lots of that geared up because there's a lot of people visiting. There's a lot of people that want to do that. So if you plan your trip well and you know where you're going, you can probably get yourself to a good food market, uh, a nighttime market, and just enjoy the hustle and bustle of it all, I would yeah. say. I bought something from the market. Can you remember? You bought some ele- elephant pants? No, but close. An elephant purse? Kind of. Was there an, ele- uh, was there there an was elephant? There was an elephant on it. I don't know. Uh, Should I tell you? Yeah, go on. A bum bag. You got <laughs> an elephant bum bag? Yeah, a, a fanny pack. <laughs> a fanny pack. Um, Steph likes a bum bag. Not even because you, not even because it's like cool now because I think it because wasn't cool then. It's very practical. Yeah, it's very practical. Maybe we should bring out a chef camper bum bag. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd wear it. Yeah, you could model it. We'll sell <laughs> loads. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I got the elephant thing right. Yeah. Um, what else? What else did we buy or do? Probably doing? wine. I think we yeah, some we wine must have bought some from wine. the cave. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we had good fun there. Uh, I'm not going to like talk too much about it because it was, you know, it was, it was Lee's family and stuff, yeah. and it was kind of private time. But we had a good time. And but one of the things I remember doing is I have this kind of thing where if we go and meet somewhere, I'm always kind of I feel obliged to cook because people don't generally like cooking for me. If you're listening to this podcast, here's what here's my little plea to the world: offer to cook me dinner, please. Give me beans on toast. <laughs> Give me egg and chips. Give me anything, but just give me a break. <laughs> don't don't let me cook for you anymore. I'm 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 done with going to places because I I get really stressed now when I'm cooking. I don't get stressed when I'm cooking in the restaurant or if I'm cooking for chef campers or if we're doing it for the business because it's all well organised. We're structured. We know what we're doing, uh, and I'm kind of like you know pleased about it. But if it's like cooking for friends and that, I. I've got to either do it really, really well or not at all. And doing it really, really well takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And when I'm on holiday or in my own time, I don't want to do that. And I feel like if I put something out average, my capabilities of as a chef will be judged. So maybe that's something I'll do a little bit more. I might just do... Because the recipes I cook online are, are designed to be a bit easy to follow and easy to do for people camping. But, um, yeah, when I cook in people's houses, obviously, I think sometimes they're expecting the, the private chef, Mike, to come out. And, I don't, uh, you know, I want to get paid if I'm doing that. I don't want to do that for yeah. free. I don't care if you're friends or family. I don't want to work for free. So, um, but I did do some cooking. 
and I remember I cooked a shoulder of lamb on the cob barbecue. And you know what's quite funny about that? You can go to 10 supermarkets in Spain. Uh, you can try and go to a butcher's. You might struggle to get hold of lamb. That's one thing that's... The, the, yeah. The, yeah, played out. There was, was a lot of pork. Tons of pork. And why not? It's some of the best pork. Well, it is the best pork in the world. Iberico pork is the best pork in the world. But to cook something that isn't Spanish in Spain is quite difficult. And that's something I've picked up on the road, I think. We always kind of knock ourselves... You know, whenever we travel and we tell people we're, we're from the UK and you're a chef, they tend to laugh because they don't think our ability to cook food is very good and i don't think they're very we they don't consider us a foodie nation well i'm gonna say it on record now i possibly think we are the best nation in europe for our food culture let me tell you why because in spain they cook spanish food they do it beautifully well but the whole supermarkets are geared for spanish food there are three aisles dedicated to tomatoes there are Two aisles dedicated to pork products and pork hams. And there might be a tiny little section for world foods. But in the UK, when you walk around our supermarket, it's dedicated to the world foods. And maybe that's a thing from the British Empire. I don't know what it is. But the British aren't afraid to cook other cuisines. And what we do really well is adopt that in our style of cooking, whether it be Lebanese food or Chinese food or Indian yeah. food or Italian food. Uh, yeah, it's a mixture of everything. It's a mixture of everything. And that's something we should be really proud of, I think, in the UK. We do we do like to adopt other people's foods, and I think that is a, a thing in itself. And we've got our British classics, which are very good, but we're also... Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah. But in terms of a, a country and our feelings about food, I think as a country we we have a lot of passion for a lot of different types of food, not just one. Anyway, I digress. So I cooked some lamb shoulder, which was great. Yep. Um, we foraged some... Oh, samphire. We had that for tea tonight, actually. Samphire. Yeah. But not the stuff we foraged from Spain. No. So that'd be off. Yeah. Be a bit <laughs> rank by now. But we found some on the cliffs. And we cooked that, didn't we? With yeah. I think some sea bass and a lemon butter rosemary sauce. Quite yeah. traditional, old-fashioned stuff. But it was nice. Oh, it was lovely. It was. Thanks, Dad. It well, was. Thanks. Um, so we we did that. We cooked that there. We then um, we then went somewhere. Uh, Torre Vieca. Torre Vieca. Yeah, the lake. Oh, the pink lake. Yeah. So let's just I, uh, for this part, I think it would be worthwhile just touching on what this lake is and why it's significant. So for me, as someone who's been kind of using Instagram a little bit, you know, at the start of this adventure that we were on, I just I didn't really use Instagram at all, but I started using Instagram to look at places we were going. I never had any interest in it as, a you know, Chef Camp is growing it. I am now, obviously, so if you're listening, give us a follow on Instagram, but because um, it helps. Um, but anyway, I'm using Instagram to have a look around at the places, and I see all of these pictures of these, oh, I can only describe as maybe... Scantily clad. Scantily clad. <laughs> Beautiful women, mermaids, and, and and men maybe. I don't know. Um, all floating on their back in what looks like a pink bath, a pink lake. 
just floating away, smiling, moving their arms and chuckling at the camera and everything being in slow motion, everything looking beautiful. And I thought, this looks like paradise. <laughs> I cannot wait to see Steph floating around in there and me to be floating around together. Maybe Rupert could watch. And uh, so we went to check out that lake, didn't we? It's really famous on Instagram yeah. with Instagrammers. Laguna Salada. Yeah. But Instagram isn't always what it looks like. No. And that's one thing I've always been proud of that us as people who yeah. post on Instagram, we always give a clear picture of what it is and where it is we are. So some of our pictures are amazing and that's because it was amazing, but we never try and make out something is something it isn't because I don't believe in that. No. Um, so we turn up to this lake. Uh, what what was your impressions of the lake? Well, it was it was pretty. It was pink, but there was salt everywhere. I just remember kind of parking up outside these houses, which is the only place you can park to get near, walking through these fawny bushes and loads of litter and rubbish on the floor, maybe 40 metres. We get to the shoreline and there's just loads and loads of foam, sea foam. Yeah, there's loads of foam and yeah. salt. Look like a bubble bath. Sea foam everywhere. Lots of salt. The water looked a bit brownish pink, not pink. No, it wasn't like... Not photoshopped pink, as no. it? Bubblegum pink that everyone makes it look like. It, yeah. it looked like brown pink. And then on the kind of other side of the lake, there's just big quarry factory machines lifting and pumping pumping the sand. So It wasn't like the beautiful lake, was it, that we've been to some lovely lakes? It's not a lake I would have chose to camp next to. It's not a lake I would choose to have a picnic there. And it's certainly not a lake I would want to go in and swim. No. And talking about that, you're not actually allowed to go in. in. You're not allowed to go in because it breaks the habitat of the ecosystem. Well, why is it pink, actually? You, You know why. It's got something to do with the bacteria in there that causes it to go pink. Right. So... Not... I, I think that bacteria only lives in like really salty conditions. Right. And that lake is really salty. Yeah. So you're not even supposed to go in there anyway. So if you, if people were kind of swimming in there and taking pictures of themselves in there, they, they shouldn't have been. In it... reality, I think it causes rashes. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. Yeah, you get rashes over your skin. Oh, oh well. Anyway, that's yeah. that's something that I think it's good to mention because quite often people who might be listening to this or look on Instagram for people traveling, you know, me and me and Steph are genuine van lifers, I guess we don't use the word often, but we we are van lifers. We've been living on four wheels since 2018. We've done a bit of traveling, not a huge amount, but we've done quite a bit of traveling and we live in it full time. We depend on our vehicle full time and we don't pretty much have anything in storage, a suitcase with some clothes for a wedding or a funeral. And we've got some ski gear now at Jed's place in Sussex and that's pretty much it. But, you know, a lot of people out there don't, you know, don't take it, don't go that serious with it, which is which is good, in my opinion. You shouldn't, you know, you don't go as extreme as we have. But those people sometimes give a diluted view on what van life's all about. And that is a prime example of where people have really yeah. just, yeah, taken it too far, in my opinion. So be mindful of that if you're on Instagram. If you're looking at yeah. people's lives and you're feeling like yours is hopeless because theirs looks amazing... Go and visit the Pink Lake and you'll realise it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that will balance it out. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, maybe we we'll do a podcast sometimes on the real reality of van yeah. life, the worst parts about van life, just to try and put it in perspective a little bit more. Um, we went somewhere after the Pink Lake. Oh, is this our favourite camp spot? No, no, just before there, we exactly. there was uh, we parked up, we met your friend Lou, so we saw oh, more we friends. Did, yeah. We keep seeing friends on this trip. We met your friend Lou because her mum, her stepdad, well, her mum's husband. They yeah, are... they had a place nearby. No, they were looking to buy somewhere nearby because yeah. she lives on uh, Mallorca, I think. Is it? Okay. On the island. So they were looking to buy a place. Anyway, Lou came out to visit her mum and it just so happens that we were going to yeah. be close so we made an effort to get over there. But we timed it quite well because we parked up in this air which was near this little village. It was a small village in the middle of nowhere. And we could just hear, I could hear trumpets playing and a, almost like a steel band playing and drums going. And uh, do you know what song they were playing? Do you remember? Oh, wasn't it a Marvin Gaye song? No, you're thinking no? of the Hot Eight brass band. They were playing Desperito by, oh. uh, well, just a Bieber, but I yeah. think it's a traditional song anyway. So this one else Spanish sang it, I think. But they were playing that on trumpets, and as we were walking through the town with with Lou yeah. and uh, her mum, uh, I could just hear this music echoing oh, yeah. off the walls. And as we turned a corner, it would either get louder or it would get quieter. And we had no idea where it was coming from, so we kind of did a. Do you remember? Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, we walked in through the town, and then we saw the marquee. Didn't we? Well, we got closer and closer to the music. It got louder and louder. And then we got to the marquee. And do you remember what was there? There was a band playing. Yep. And there was a fiesta. Yeah. Which is what? A fiesta? Is it? I think it's like a... It's a celebration in, in each town, isn't it? It's like, is a, it... it's like the town's party weekend where everybody gets... Everyone's dressed up really, like, really smart, like... Yeah. Flamenco dancers, quite a few people were dressed like, and I remember people having like suits. It was like there was a wedding on. Yeah, it they had... were giving away that cake type bread. Yeah, really tall cake that had been baked, huge cakes that they were slicing up and handing out to everyone. Everybody was dancing, yeah. everyone had a glass of wine in their hand. And I remember looking around and thinking, this is all right. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. There was a guy. He's on the video, actually. He 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 was pushing the pram with a kid in it, and his wife was all like dolled up with her heels on and stuff, and she was like just sipping her wine, and he was clearly, clearly bladded, and he was just swinging the pram round on its back wheels and just twisting his kids around, um, just like dancing. And I thought, Do you know what? If parenthood falls upon me, that's me. That's the sort of dad I'll be. Hopefully, maybe who knows? Um, and yeah, it was just. There was lots of people partying of all ages, and I thought, this is nicest. So that's a top tip for us. Yeah. Check out when there's a fiesta, fiesta. on in each different yeah. town, and um, go and gate crash them. Get dressed up, though, but go and um, go and gate crash them, because it's... Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it is good fun. So we met up with Lou. I think, did we have a really late night drinking? Probably. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. I, I just think Alicante was a lot of seeing friends and drinking, wasn't yeah. it? There wasn't in it was terms a bit of, of a fun time, like, really. For us. Like food adventures. Yeah, there was some. We did. 
did like paella and stuff like that yeah. and that was really nice and just Valencian style food was good but it was our next destination down the road for me where and it's not far away I, I'm not I need I, we need to check on the map exactly how far this is but certainly towards Granada or Grenada however you pronounce it on the way to there we uh, we got off the coastline because we were conscious the coastline's very very busy with UK tourists and lots of that kind of vibe i think i think benidorm's got it's got some of the it's the most skyscrapers in europe oh, behind yeah. london and is it milan milan or somewhere it's got loads of skyscrapers and all that sort of stuff so we thought we'll get away from the coastal towns and all that costa blanca bravo region and we went inland and uh i think i spoke about this in the pilot episode yeah this was one of our favorite places yeah that we've ever been to it is it was um we call what do we call it we call it the olive tree the olive tree peninsula yeah i think we've re- yeah. affectionately known it. i don't really want to give it away too much because we're keen to go back yeah. ourselves and take some friends but it's basically this mountain road that drives up quite steep into the mountains and you think this isn't going anywhere and then you drive through an olive tree farm and i remember our westie driving through and all of the branches (laughs) scratching the side of the van like really we were really driving it through bushes there was loads of olives that came off the trees and got stuck in our roof rack and it was bashing everything and there was no way we could turn around we had to go forward and we just kept going, didn't we? But it was rewarded. Yeah. Because at the... It was like the line in The Witch in the Wardrobe, <laughs> where you just go in, and then the next minute you end up... Yeah, it just opened beautiful. up. The olive branches stopped scratching the van, and the road became clear, and there was this kind of single-track peninsula. And at the end of the peninsula, there was maybe a a 10-foot, fairly steep drop, you can walk down it, walk up and down it, but you certainly couldn't drive down it or up it. A steep drop, and at the bottom of the drop was a shoreline to a lake. So this peninsula was surrounded by water, but you were about nine feet above it on a little uh, track, which you could walk up and down. And there was this amazing lake, super calm, super still. I'm mm. really blue. It was really clean. It was really clean. It was really blue. You could see through it. It was clear. And on the edge, the other side of the lake, there was almost just vertical rocks Mm. that looked like orange Doritos. (laughs) Do you not think? (laughs) Now you've said, you have a look. Lots of orange triangles, like uh, just forming out of the ground. But it was just a vertical cliff that surrounded this massive lake and it i don't know how i don't know how far across the lake would be we should have checked that maybe on google maps but you certainly couldn't swim across it um i would say maybe i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't like to say a bit like lake geneva maybe but not as no not as big as that nowhere near as big as that it was big it It felt vast it felt vast you couldn't get an echo off that wall on the other side of the lake And to the right of the peninsula, so as you drove up the peninsula, straight ahead was these orange rocks, the wall of Doritos. Then on the right was this kind of mountain that looked like a huge mound, but it was a massive mountain. And it just came out of the water and the end and was kind of like the view on the right. 
and it felt like nobody was there. And nobody was there. No, it was just us. It was just, it was just us. us. And we camped at that place maybe a week. Yeah, it was so quiet there. Yeah. And peaceful. We filtered We filtered our water from the lake yeah. so we could drink it. We always carry a little um, portable mobile filtering hand pump. It was quite cheap. It was about 30 or 40 yeah. pounds. You can fit it in the pocket of your jeans so you can take it out on a walk with you. And you basically pump the water through a little charcoal filter and it makes it safe for drinking. It removes 99.99998% of like parasites and bacteria, which makes it safe enough for drinking. So we just pumped our water and drank. But I had lots of beer on the van and lots <laughs> yeah. of wine on the van. So I didn't have to do much pumping and filtering. <laughs> I just uh, had the beer. But it was... I think it's my favourite camp spot. Yeah, it was gorgeous. How about you? Yeah, I loved that place. And also when you did the cooking there, you set up your cross and you cooked the sea bream. Do you remember? I did. I, I got my asado-style cross out. to cook. Yeah, I put my asado-style cross in the ground. Yeah. It looks like a crucifix cross. I put it in the ground, collected all the dry driftwood from the shoreline yeah. of the lake because nobody goes there there was lots of firewood to be had all super yeah. dry burnt really well created this big fire and i just kind of smoked and grilled this uh, sea bream that was hanging from the cross i charred some tomatoes in the fire yeah. i cooked some potatoes in foil around the fire some peppers that i charred some olive oil and lemon mm. and i remember having that fire and just looking out over the lake and uh yeah it's it about, was one of the best views it's one of the best lunch views private yeah. lunch views we've ever ever had we were really lucky that it was just us there we were really lucky because there was quite a few moments where i had no clothes on steph <laughs> because i if i remember right there was a bit of laundry to be done which i think oh, yeah. do you know what? it's the first time we ever did laundry in a lake oh yeah i, I did not want to be those van lifers yeah. who wash the clothes in the water and hang them out the van mm -hmm. because it's it's a really stupid idea, right? I'm going to go off on one now because, right, you can spend five, six hours washing your clothes in the water, the cold water. You've got to be careful about what chemicals you do yeah. so you don't affect the water. You've got to get make sure you have the right chemicals so it doesn't affect pollute the, the pollute the water, which is the first problem you've got, which a lot of people don't do. Then secondly, you've then got to wring out all the clothes, which is harder than what it sounds, wringing them by hand, not without a wringing machine, whatever they're called. Um, which takes two of us with the thick yeah, towels and all that sort of stuff. It. Then you've got to get a line long enough to be able to hang that stuff. And then there's got to be a big enough breeze in the sun to be able to dry it. And it can just take hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It can look a little bit tatty and it can ruin a good spot for other people to yeah. enjoy. So what you can do is go to a self-service laundry machine, put in eight euros, wash it, and then put in another five or six euros. It will yeah. dry it, go in the shops, do your weekly shop or whatever. And in 90 minutes to two hours everything's done washed clean dry and put away but we made an exception yeah. exception we, we at that point do that, don't we, we normally laundry. do that but we hung but, our washing out because yeah. we were getting really low on clothes Did i don't you, think we wanted to leave either we didn't so. want to leave and we were looking yeah. for reasons to stay yeah and i remember just swimming and bathing yeah, we, went swimming we, we properly went skinny dipping in that lake yeah it was great first first time for that it was it good was cold but it was lovely it was cold it was definitely a bit chilly but it was worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. And we could we came back out and stood around the fire to dry off, yeah. to remember? Yeah. I felt like we were, yeah. we were 
into the wild, yeah. into the wilderness. It was great. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine if anyone else would have had a drone, it would have come up on YouTube as like native island just off Spain, where <laughs> where humans are still living without communication. Mm. It would have. It we did look like castaways. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. But that was a fantastic meal that we cooked. And um, yeah, definitely my favourite camp spot yeah. I think we've ever been to. And it's um, it's on that video, on one of our videos. Yeah. It's the opening shot. And talking about our videos, actually, we've been watching them back and how much time and effort we put into them. Yeah, and, there was a lot of filming going on then. Yeah, I know we spoke about it before, but we used to carry a lot of gear, a lot of different cameras we used to have set up four or five different cameras when we were filming. We used to get close-up shots of the food, bird's-eye view shots of the food, walking shots yeah, of the food everything. whilst trying to cook it and film it. It was just—it was really difficult to do and it wasn't that enjoyable, if I'm honest. But the results were, were always—they look good. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a reason why I don't do that anymore. I know people ask sometimes, "You thought about doing this with your filming?" I'd love to. I'd love to make them all better. But there comes a point where... We want the travel to be the main yeah. priority, not the filming. Cost, quality and time. Yeah. And you can only have like two of those things, really. And, it yeah. can overtake what... Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to spend four or five yeah. hours on videos making them and editing them anymore. I try and do it all in less than an yeah. hour. Make them more regular. So that was the Olive Tree Peninsula. Yeah. Our favourite camp spot, maybe on the road? Definitely. Well, definitely one of them. We've still got to get to Portugal. We've still got to get oh, to yeah. Norway. Yeah. We've still got to get to Finland and Sweden and all those places and Denmark. There's lots of decent camp spots we've found, but that was that's a highlight. If you could put a star definitely. in the reel, that, yeah. that would have a star. Um, I think that's about it, you know. I don't think it's going to be an hour-long episode. There's no point dragging it out if it doesn't need it. I think um, top tips then, if you're going to Alicante... Or that area, that region on the east coast of the Mediterranean. Any top tips from your perspective, Steph? Yeah, go inland. Don't always stay on the coast and then you find the places like we did. The really pretty places that you don't expect. Yeah, use your camper van. Take advantage of the fact that you can. You don't need public transport. And go an hour or two inland, away from the coastal tourist areas. And you'll find some really nice remote spaces because nobody's there. Nobody yeah. goes on holiday there. But you've got really nice parts of nature to enjoy um check out if there's any fiestas definitely check them out because they're, they're worth a fun it's good fun and you can yeah. have a party and join in with the a locals party. yep it's like going to it's like you can be a wedding crasher for the day yeah it's great feels mischievous anything else for that region don't put don't put lamb on the menu <laughs> Um, don't tell people you'll cook some lamb because they really like lamb. Don't ask. Don't ask someone what's one of their favourite meals and then offer to cook it <laughs> without checking if you can actually get hold of the ingredients. That would be a top tip for me. Um, wow. What else? I think don't write it off just because there are swarms of motorhomes yeah. that visit there and go along the coast and people who swear by. You know, there are some people out there who swear by Benidorm. I I know there's the I know there's the old town. I know there's nice parts of it. I know there's all of that, but trust me, don't do it. <laughs> don't don't do it. I walked through a pub and my flip flop got stuck to the floor and it <laughs> fell off. And then I had to walk bare feet for oh. two steps on the floor in Benidorm. I could. It wasn't nice. 
We went swimming in the sea that night just to cleanse yeah. ourselves because it felt, <laughs> but even swimming in the sea felt a little bit dirty. I well, felt the, there was the a beach, layer of grease the on beach top. The there is quite nice, isn't it? It's man-made. It's nice. I was there when GMTV was there when I was a kid. Eight, I was about eight years old. GMTV was there. We stayed in the Ambassador Free Star Hotel. I met Mr. Motivator on the beach. <laughs> uh, went went uh, on the saw the other people from GMTV. That was happy memories of Benny Dorm. And for yeah, some reason, and, and funnily enough, I went there too when I was thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so you would. But I didn't see Mr. Motivator. So I'm when you was thirteen, I was probably about eight. Maybe we're well. No. Maybe we were there at the same time. Part. But we could have been there at the same time. We could have been. But that was happy memories, maybe, of Benidorm. Yeah. But I haven't had happy ones since. No. So maybe avoid that area. And even if you think, oh, we'll go for a laugh. Well, you might want to go for a laugh. No. No. Not you, but no. the... I'm world. not going back to that ever again. <laughs> I'm never going. Um, check out the food markets. Check out the nighttime yeah. markets. Um they're really good. And, yeah, look for those places. Oh, I've just thought, what? one, be careful about where you go inland. Do you remember this? I think this is in the same region because we were looking for a perfect, like, camp spot. Oh, are you thinking of Santa Fe? No, what was it yeah. called? Yeah, I think it was called that. Is that that region? I think it was Santa Fe. I don't know that it's a bit further south than that. I'm going to say it here because <laughs> I don't think there's a better time to say it. So... We were looking on the well-known parking for night app, and we saw this place that said hot springs yeah. in the mountains, and the view, Ooh, yeah, and the hot pictures. Thermal springs, they, natural. They bloody Instagrammed us, didn't they? Yeah. They put pictures up, making it look like a really nice, secluded place in the mountains, almost romantic under the stars. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, a, a bit of a drive up there, a bit of a trail up there. Four by four is preferred. Great, we drive a synchro. That means not many people in motorhomes yeah. or whatever are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be quite secluded. And we drive up, and sure enough, it's a really bumpy road. And I'm thinking, oh, flipping it, yeah, it's bumpy. This this should be good. And as we got closer, there were people parked up on the side of the road in a lot of loot and box vans and, um, you know, self-converted. Um, a lot of, like, self-converted crafter vans and sprinters and stuff like that. And uh, they seemed quite nice. They were waving and smiling. But I think that's because <laughs> they knew where we were heading. And as we head headed further up the hill as we got closer to the final destination i'm talking about like the last 400 yards 300 yards 200 yards the type of people just changed <laughs> one step further i just remember because we were so excited about going there to these nice natural springs and we got there i remember seeing this guy and he had like a long sleeve red top on and nothing underneath I could just see his bum. He was completely naked apart from this yeah. raggedy old red top he had on. <laughs> and his hair was filthy and his clothes were filthy. And I thought, considering he lives in a bath next to a bath, <laughs> a hot spring, how is he so filthy? But he had no pants on. And it was basically all these people who were living there. They had all tarpaulin out. They had spare yeah. wheel tyres, like tying down tarpaulin. They had fires while dogs running around. Um it was just horrendous. Like it's vans, a shame because, vans have been dragged yeah. up there and have been left there, and they're kind of just living up there. And yeah. they were, you know, a couple of people were hanging in the spring with no clothes on. <laughs> and I tell you something, <laughs> I, I remember dropping it, <laughs> dropping it down yeah. to first. Do you remember how fast I drove? <laughs> I thought, oh, like, we're oh. gonna get like, yeah, we look like prime meat entering that zone. <laughs> Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we we turned around yeah. and I just floored it, and I, I swear that was that was when our suspension bottomed yeah. out, and I think I, I smashed. Oh, they're so fast! I smashed the bottom of my bumper. The yeah. the um the <laughs> the the air the airpiece on the back of the bumper got smashed and battered as I I was flooring it out of that place, wasn't I? Yeah. And um, yeah, inst- I forgot about that. bloody part from that lights wasn't the pi- whoever put yes. those pictures up. It was one of them. It was what a naked. It was before. a bloody naked guy who put the pictures up because he wanted people to go. Because <laughs> as soon as we, they were all like rubbing their hands and rubbing their knees, <laughs> probably. Oh, it was horrible. That was horrendous, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, we got out of there fast then. Yeah, so be careful where you go. Yeah. Yeah, be ca- yeah. Read the reviews if you look on park for a night. Go make sure you read the reviews as well. Yeah, yeah, and don't rely on it. Yeah, don't rely on it. Use park for sometimes we often use it just to have a bit of a backup, but then we try and find our own place because we know other people aren't going to be turning up because everybody uses it now. It's a victim of its own success. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was that was horrendous. Yeah. Oh, that was so we yeah. we we spoke about our best camp spot. Well, one of our best camp spots on the journey, and that was yeah the worst yeah. spot we've driven into with the intention of staying. Yeah. We did a quick swift U-turn and smashed up the van on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think we just parked in a car park with some motorhomes. Yeah. Do you know where we went, actually, after that? I think we went to just the air at the Ikea in Spain somewhere where all these <laughs> where all these motorhomes go. And we yeah. just pulled up and we're like, yeah, there's something to be said about nice <laughs> flat ground with people who wear, you know... Clothes. Clothes. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It's funny now, eh? Yeah. We got out of it alive. Um, yeah. So if you're going to go, like, to there, go inland, but just be careful where you go. And be careful what you wish for on your camp spot as yeah. well. Right, that's it for this week, I think. Uh, where are we going to go next week, Steph? I think we're going to southern Spain. Andalusia? Yeah. next week. I think next week's podcast is going to be better. You know why? Because I think... We're going to be talking a little bit about the Sierra Nevada mountains, which oh, yeah. are just stunning. Gorgeous. Very, very cold, though. Yeah. We're going to be talking about a friend who flies in yeah. for a 24-hour holiday with us. And we're going to be talking a lot about food, I think, because I didn't film any of yeah. that food because I was too busy having fun with my friend. Um, so I'll, I'll talk a bit about food. Um, and uh, a bit of a disaster, I think. We had a bit of an LPG disaster down there. Uh, a first time that we encountered serious problems um, with LPG. So that might be useful for anyone who relies on it. Some good travel tips there we'll, we'll give. Mm. If you uh, if you like this podcast, um, do let us know. We don't know how many people are listening to it. We don't know if anybody is. We're just wasting our time. <laughs> I've had a good time. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed having a chat about it. I think my mum listens. So oh, your mum listens. I know your mum listens. I think John's listened. I think Lee might have done. Um, yeah, thanks to everyone who is listening, by the way, um, and who yeah, sends us a message. You. We really do appreciate it. And if you've got any questions or any, you're looking for some advice, maybe we'll do a Q and A. Yeah, at the end. end. Yeah, um, yeah. Give us a five star review on iTunes. Leave a leave a message on iTunes because that helps us go up in the rankings. Um, yeah, that's it. I think. Yeah. Rupert slept then, through the whole way. Rupert's been sleeping through these now. Shall we? No, that's a bit mean. Let's wake him up. Come on, come on, lazy dog. Let's go for a walk. Right, goodbye, everybody, and thanks again for listening. We'll see you all next week.
Yep. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Bye.